Not that cricket. another episode of the clubhouse in podcast my name is larry quiddidai getting you in touch and close to what has been happening in cricket in zimbabwe as i always say that we want to get you as close to the game as possible the updates i got for you today is the under 19s the pro 50 and also the men's 2022 d20 world cup global qualifier that zimbabwe is part of uh, but i start off with of course the news uh from a week and some change ago that uh, the women's tournament the icc women's world cup 2021 qualifier that is happening in Are Are had to suddenly end folks okay it suddenly had to end and that was because flights had been cancelled coming out of zimbabwe uh, fly emirates is the one that uh, usually takes a lot of these teams uh, back to uh, united arab emirates and then all over the world uh, because so that Suddenly that stopped because of the Omicron uh, variant, so the teams needed to get out. And if the tournament had carried on, they wouldn't be able to go home. Uh, the ICC also explored different uh, options to have the, uh, the, uh, the matches going on, but that didn't work out. It also didn't help that there was an outbreak in the Sri Lankan camp of COVID-19. The last one uh, resulted in a match between uh, the Sri Lanka and the West Indies not taking place. Uh, and so, yeah, I suppose it was getting a bit strange for everybody. Uh, the good news, it wasn't because of Zimbabwe's fault. So Zimbabwe did not uh, have COVID-19 outbreaks in any other team or whatever the case may be. So it's a good credit to Zimbabwe that up to that point, uh, they were holding a very successful uh, tournament. But there was really nothing they could do sudden, when suddenly uh, planes couldn't fly out. And the same thing sort of happened. Remember when Pakistan women and the Zimbabwe women were playing and then uh, the Emirates just decided, oh, look, we're going to stop flights to Zimbabwe. That was in there on February. And after one match, the tournament had to be called off. Or not the tournament, but the series had to be called off. So, yeah, it sucks. Totally sucks, mate. Uh, but what I feel for is, um, you know, Thailand, because they had won three matches and they were shooing to to qualify for the the, the stage. What's the, what's the next stage? The Super Six stage. And being in that Super Six stage would have allowed them to play, take part in the ODI Championship, which the ICC only insists should have 10 teams. So they were the best, one of the best teams in the tournament. They've been winning matches, yeah, left, right and centre. Uh, they did lose one to Pakistan, but they'd won three matches, one of them against Zimbabwe. I'll talk a bit about that a little bit later. Uh, but, you know, the, the the thing that is a bit annoying is this um, ODI Championship. The Women's ODI Championship runs through a cycle. Uh, this is a, And Zimbabwe being a test and ODI nation is not part of that. Um, so, which means Zimbabwe and Thailand were shown a lot of capability. And between them, and if you look at the island who are part of that ODI Championship, there's not a lot between those nations. Uh, so they lost a lot, uh, uh, lost out on a lot of uh, ODI action uh, that is scheduled uh, against a much stronger sides, which actually improves uh, countries like Zimbabwe. Uh, for Zimbabwe, um, I think going forward, we might need to we might have a chance to re have a relook at the technical department. 
uh, in that match against Thailand, with Zimbabwe lost, Cristobal Chatonzoa was brought in at a period where everybody thought Precious Marange should have, uh, would have made a lot more sense. But uh, I don't know what happened. Is The coaching decision was flabbergasted. We were flabbergasted by it. It was a horrible decision. Uh, Christopher is, an, is a known accumulator of runs, and Zimbabwe needed to go at a rate of knots. I think they need, at that point they needed about seven and over. You know, you're not going to get that from Christopher. She's not that sort of person. She's not a big hitter, but uh, Precious, Precious Marange is. So in the end, it was kind of weird. Zimbabwe lost by about eight runs or something ridiculous like that. And it's annoying because you know that match was there for the taking. And then you see she's dropped the next match where you think, oh, wow, this is one that make more sense against the U.S. side uh, who had the posted a very low score. I was there as an announcer. I remember it started raining at about, it was about 11, 12. And I go, oh, Zimbabwe and it's weird luck. And then it stopped raining. And they were bowled out for a pretty reasonable score, like in the 130s or something like that. And, you know, Zimbabwe had to, were let off in the last minute, really, because they ended up winning by one wicket. Um, you know, it would have been ridiculous. I was there and everybody was sitting in the media tent was saying, you know what, we might as well just forget about cricket in Zimbabwe at this rate. <laughs> Um, the stadium announcer, uh, as I was said, and I had to say and say Zimbabwe have got one wicket in hand and they need 15 runs or something ridiculous like that. And every any time that it was happening, I remember there was a time that other people would say like, oh, you know, we need to take take footage of US winning, picking up the first win against a, an ODI full member. And just like Thailand picked up a first win against the ODI full member when they played Zimbabwe. They're like, oh, we, we just like Arsenal in football. We, we just give, every, when everybody's having a bad run, they just come to play Zimbabwe and just get, then, you know, <laughs> and they get a result. So it's like 50 something for two at some point, they ended up getting, you know, uh, winning by one wicket, chasing a modest score. Not sure about when women's cricket is back. Uh, probably there is domestic women's uh, cricket that will come. Probably I'm thinking probably in the new year. Uh, but uh, this um, whole situation with Omicron and so forth has implication that Zimbabwe under-19 travel to the West Indies for the World Cup next year uh, because they'll need to travel either late this year or early ne next year. So if players do not get off the ground uh, again, like they do, I don't know if they have to fly through and jump through hoops or get a chartered flight or just go the New Zealand route and, and pull out. Uh, New Zealand have pulled out, so, and they're spoiled, uh, um, replaced by Pakistan, not by Scotland, I beg your pardon. Uh, Zimbabwe have had very few preps for the 2022 Under-19 World Cup, and it's going to be tough. Uh, they have Afghanistan, Pakistan, Papua New Guinea in Group C. And in the best of times, they probably should beat two of the three. Pakistan will probably be a bit more difficult. But they have they had very few in terms of uh, uh, cricketing that has taken place uh, to prepare them for the tournament. And speaking of the, now of the senior men's side, Afghanistan tour of Zimbabwe is obviously off. Rashid Khan and his friends are out at the Big Bash League in Australia, the T20 League there. Uh, this is nothing to do with COVID-19 outbreaks and so forth, but the troubles of the Afghanistan cricket board uh, is having with Talib Taliban government interference in the country's cricket. They're not suspended yet, but the ICC has set up a community to see, to see how can they can save this situation pretty much. So the next time we have international cricket for Zimbabwe is scheduled for Sri Lanka beginning of next year.
Now, um, still speaking on the men's uh, international game, the unconfirmed uh, Group B lineup for the 2022 ICC Men's T20 World Cup qualifier that is scheduled for to be played in, wait for it, Zimbabwe in July 2022. That's another event for Zimbabwe, guys. Yeah, good times. I'm just very excited that Zimbabwe gets, keeps getting these tournaments. And as I said, it's confidence in the, from the ICC in what Zimbabwe has been up to. Uh, so the, it's one of two global tournaments that take place for the final stage qualification process to the 2022 ICC Men's T20 World Cup in Australia. Uh, the ICC is not confirmed, but the leaked uh, teams are in Zimbabwe's uh, uh, Group B are Hong Kong, Jersey, Netherlands, Papua New Guinea, Sing Singapore, Uganda Uni and the United States. Two teams go through that. Zimbabwe should get one of the two slots. But we have lost to Singapore before. So, you know, our boys are capable of silly results. We hope it doesn't happen. The, uh, the, the teams in Group A are Bahrain, Canada, Germany, Ireland, Nepal, Oman, Philippines, and the United Arab Emirates. Now, as I say, the ICC has not confirmed this. This has been from various sources all over the internet. And finally, let's talk about the Pro 50 Championship, which is the one-day tournament, the premier one-day tournament uh, for Zimbabwe. Rocks finally lost their first match in the final group stage match against when they played uh, Mountaineers, losing by eight wickets. Rocks have already qualified for the final on, on 14 December 2021 at, uh, at uh, uh, where is it? I think it's Harare Sports Club, I think, was taking place. So looking at the group uh, as it stands right now, Rocks having played eight matches, have won six, lost one, and there was no result in one. So they have 65 points. Now, uh, if you look at it, Mountaineers are second. So they're in pole position uh, with 40 points. They've won four and, and lost two. Eagles are a third with uh, having played six matches, uh, three, uh, what you call it, one, three, lost two and no result in one. Tuskers are fourth with six uh, matches, uh, one, two, lost four. And Rhinos, uh, I forgot, sorry, Mountaineers on 40, um, Eagles on 35, and Tuskers on 20. Rhinos, who are, are winless this season after six matches, are on minus three points because they were docked points for a slow over rate. So they're not, they're negative points territory and they play Tuskers who are pretty much out of it, really, because if Eagles or Mountaineers, Eagles or Mountaineers are playing back-to-back -back matches against each other, that's a straight shootout. If Mountaineers win one and Eagles win the other, then Mountaineers go through. But if Eagles win both, well, then Mountaineers uh, are in a, in a spot of bother, aren't they? Um, the other result that could happen is if they draw, uh, the net run rate is, is will come into play, because if they draw, but look, if they draw, <laughs> permutation conversation, if they have a net uh, a no result in one of the matches, and the second match, Eagles beat Mountaineers, they'll be on the same number of points, which is, um, actually, they won't be. It was straight points in situation because there'll still be five points difference between the two. So Eagles uh, need to win uh, two match, uh, one match if, this, if the other match is kicked, doesn't take place. Uh, Mountaineers merely need to win one match in order to 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 make it through. 
and um, they will rely on the skills of Ben Compton, who has been a revelation for them this season, with a high score of 102 in six matches. He is the leading run scorer for the uh, tournament this season with 251 to his name, and is averaging 41.83. Tinom uh, Tombozi is second with 221 with 93 as his highest score. Sean Williams is on, of um, Tuskers is on 209 with a highest score of 86. And then we also have uh, Sikanda Raza, who played seven matches. He got 207 runs and uh, highest of 60 with uh, two half centuries in there. Yeah, so pretty awesome. Uh, Sean Williams has got three half centuries and Tom uh, Tombozi also got three half centuries. Kevin Kasus has, has gotten some form late in the game. He's on 202 runs. He's got one half century. So he's got a couple of, of nice little scores he's put together. He's 40.4 is his average. Looking at the highest scores in the tournament, Regis Kachava with uh, Chakava with 122. He's from Eagles. Craig Irvin has got the highest of 118. He's from Tuskers. Uh, ben Compton has got the highest of 102. Uh, to, to, um, uh, Tony Munyonga has got the highest of 95. And Tinom Tombozi with 93. And then looking at the highest wicket takers, uh, Sean Williams of Tuskers, he has got highest wick, um, he's got 13 wickets in six innings. Tanai Chatara has got 12 in five. Blessing Zarabani with 12 from seven. Uh, uh, Elliot Masugu with 10 from five. And Trevor Mtsamba with 10 from seven. And finally, bowling figures uh, per innings, Ernest Masugu has, has got a six for 50 uh, from 9.5 overs. Trevor Mtsamba has got five for 29 from eight overs. Sean Williams is 5 for 34 from 9.5 overs. And Musekiwa, Tashinga Musekiwa, has got 5 for 68 from 8.0 overs. Now, in all of this, the thing that is a little bit disappointing is that there was an early flurry of uh, of uh, hundreds, and that seems to have died off. And it kind of uh, goes to form with our ODI format in that we don't have many hundreds. Now happening in ODIs, and that's something that's going to have to be fixed, especially when we're looking at the ODI Super League uh, matches coming up. That is something that's urgently going to need to be fixed. So I'm hoping that some some work is going to be done there, and whether it's Stuart Matikzinieri or they're bringing some extra help to come and fix the batting issues, our batting woes need to get fixed because as long as you're not getting people getting big scores. Uh, what's going to happen is that you get a, a team like uh, like uh, Sri Lanka. They, they they score hundreds on the regular, and they've got the brilliant Hasananga at the moment bowling uh, for them. So matches next year, in the beginning of next year, are going to be hard. People going to be hard. But before I go, some very sad news: the passing of a young fella by the name of Mabongwe Lovu, who played for Queens Cricket Club. Uh, the message came out and says it with deep sadness and profound sorrow that we learned of the passing of one of our very own Mabongwe Lovu yesterday after a short illness. Uh, the message came out on Sunday, so he passed away on Saturday. On Monday, so he passed away on uh, Sunday. A young, bright fellow, the life of many, a moment with the, uh, the Queen's family, a friend and a brother, a son, one of the purest strikers of a cricket ball, cannon of an arm, he will sorely be missed. They just aren't the right words to express the enormity of uh, this, of his departure. And they're the hashtag RIP Amai. Um, Emma uh, Cricket Club came out and also said, we stand with your Queen's cricket. 
and I'm a kind of cricket club. Also, but I said, rest easy, big fellow. We stand with you, Queen's Cricket. A big loss for Queen's Cricket and Will I Metro Cricket. Another clubhouse and podcast. We send our condolences to his family. Hey, have any thoughts? Um, at Quidditch is my Twitter handle. This podcast is brought to you by Three Men on a Boat as a publisher, and also I'm uh, if you on my email Larry at three mobcom What would you like me to uh, to find out about you a bit more? I'm going to be in a, I'm, I'm lining up some retired cricketers interviews to find out what life after cricket is like. But as soon as I get those, then we'll get some going. But for now, yeah, thank you very much. Just, uh, be, have a have a careful time of it, guys. The Omicron Omicron <laughs> Omicron variant is here, and it's no fun. It's no fun. It's it's a terrible variant. Uh, it's it's not big, the, the scientists say people are not going to get as sick as as uh, as expected. It's not more dangerous than Delta, but it spreads a lot quicker, and the cases in Zimbabwe are rising. So. Please, please be careful out there. Just be careful. I know it sounds a bit rotten, but maybe we might have our Christmas a bit, a little bit early next year. <laughs> maybe have it in January when things settle down a little bit. Otherwise, it's Larry. Uh, as I always say, from where I come from, I see Luis Acevenza. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 